Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome to the Theater Podcast, intimate personal conversations with theater's biggest names. I am your host, Alan Seals, and you are listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is with Samuel H. Levine, who is currently starring in The Inheritance. This is a young guy thrust into a play about a serious topic from another generation. He's only 24, and... We talk about this in the episode. It's amazing how he adapted so quickly and and we get in the conversation. It forced him to grow up a lot, actually. And being in his early 20s, you know, and dealing with, with the topic of the show, which is gay culture and gay history and being a straight man himself, it's opened him up to to a whole bunch of, of emotions and connections and things with with the same sex individuals in his show that he was saying he might not otherwise have. And it was a great chat, an amazing interview. He's a very deep guy. And this show is just, it's, it's made for him. So before we get into this, as always, please visit me online at the theaterpodcast.com. Support the podcast via the theaterpodcast.com slash Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Connect with me on Instagram and Twitter, theater underscore podcast. Leave a rating, leave a review. I love to read those. And now everybody, please enjoy this episode with Samuel H. Levine. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here you go. One, two, three. My guest today is making his Broadway debut, currently starring in the production of The Inheritance. He was last seen performing in the same production of The Inheritance, only on the West End out in London, which won the Olivier Award for Best New Play. He just wrapped shooting a feature film alongside Jennifer Lawrence that currently has no name. We'll just call it the untitled Lila Neugebauer movie. <laughs> oh, man. oh, gosh. For those listening, I've redone this like four times because that's a hard name. It can even be seen on TV in the CBS production 
Lions of Instinct, Bull, and Elementary, Samuel H. Levine. Welcome to the Theater Podcast. What's up? <laughs> Good to be here. Otherwise known as Sam. Sam, yes, yeah. Sam I am. Yeah, yes. I guess Sam Levine, Sam, Sam Levine's probably a more common Okay, so there's, name. there's a legendary stage actor called Sam Levine, who I believe was in Guys and Dolls, like the original I production. And then there's also then there's also Sam Levine, Sam with two M's, Sam Sam who is on Freaks and Geeks. Oh right, yes. So when it came when it came time for me to find a name, I could not have my own name. <laughs> but so I so I went with Samuel H. Levine. Is is H real? H is super real. It's for Henry. Henry, yeah, yeah. I I one day was playing around with like what should my stage name if I was gonna be like Alan Seals and I was like that's a my, good name my middle name is Delos okay. which is it's Greek and it's like the island that Apollo was born on that's pretty epic. you know it's pretty cool yeah but I was like some people say in, in Greek mythology actually in the Iliad it's pronounced Delos Delos. But I didn't want to, I wanted something easier. So I was like, oh, Alan Scott Smith, Alan something. But then my initials would be ass. <laughs> so some people, yeah, they just like put initials in just because. I think anyway. you should just be Delos. Just one word. You know, you can be like oh, seal or yeah. Just, that's why my career went nowhere. Because I had yeah. two, Alan's too common of a name, Delos. I'll just, just be Delos. Delos. Yeah. Oh man, there you go. All right, um, yes, yeah, so that's me, Sam, Sam. I'm going to have Google's, my Google Home start just referring to me as... Delos. Delos. There we go. That's right. All right. So let's start with your early stuff, uh, your early life. Um, where did you, where were you born? Where'd you grow My up? early life. Your yes, early life. As I'm now the old age of 24. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. Um, I was born here. I like how you quantified like Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn. I guess there are other Brooklyns, but. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, but Brooklyn, New York, which. Maybe I can see from this window or no, that's, no, that's somewhere cool. else. That's, that's Jersey. That's Jersey. Sorry, yeah. Jersey. Um, I was born there, uh, moved to Milwaukee, Wisconsin for which prompts that look of what? <laughs> Eyebrow um, rings? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and lived there for around eight years and then moved back to New York and then was here from like the age of nine on. Oh, okay. So it was a young, a young move. That's right. And That's right. Like when I was two years old and my mom was super smart and didn't sell the brownstone that she got yeah. in the seventies in Park Slope. Yes. And so we moved back in there. Yeah. So like that 20 grand she spent in the seventies <laughs> right. is like millions now. Good for <laughs> right. her. Uh, yeah. So you moved back in there. That's um, amazingly smart. Yes. And, um, were you, were you performing at all? Like while you were in Wisconsin? Because there's, I ask this because I don't find it uncommon that there's a lot of good arts and culture in that area. Mm. I don't, I don't really know. I, I don't think I was, I was playing little league a lot and, um, it was always something that was like in the back of my head, but I didn't, I wouldn't say like things didn't really kick into gear when I came back to New York and went to middle school and the public middle school that I was at MS 51, mm -hmm. uh, in Brooklyn had a drama department and so i became a part of that and that's when it became more of a thing what attracted you to to want to join the drama because usually like you see in movies in small town i came from small town north carolina where being mm. in drama was what the not cool kids did mm, mm, mm. i think i mean i think here it was kind of the opposite it seemed like the cool kids were doing it or uh, i 
I still, to this day, I, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out what, what drew me to it, but something did, and I went with it. It's like a calling, like a, a, a fulfillment. Yeah. Yeah, it just felt right. Yeah. yeah. It just felt like the right thing to do. Well, was, was I guess, your par- were your parents at this time, were they more like, we want you to stick on this track of being, you know, the traditional lawyer, doctor, mm. whatever it was, or they're um, like, oh, it's a phase. Yeah, I, I don't think, I mean, at that age, especially too, mid, well, it's middle school is like 12 or something. I don't think they were putting any pressures on me to be anything, just trying to make it through braces and stuff. Um, so, no, there was there was no pressure there well, at, at the time. At the time, yeah. That's relaxing. Yeah, yeah. So, it's just drama class. And then, are you, and then at what point, I mean, you went to LaGuardia High School, which is That's right. something you have to audition for. That's right. So, at some point in middle school, you still had to decide to be serious about it. That's right. That's right. Eighth grade. Eighth grade. We, you have to audition for LaGuardia. You have to prepare two monologues. Um, and I did that and it went okay. And again, it was just this kind of thing of that's, it just felt right. It just felt right. And so, I just kept on following it. Well, was there, do you remember a point when, like I said, you had to, you had to say, all right, now I want to try to do this seriously mm. because in eighth grade, you have to audition. Otherwise, you could just go keep playing Little League or whatever it was. <laughs> right. Um, I can't, I don't have, no, <laughs> I don't have an aha moment. I think I'm still trying to do it seriously, to be honest, and still trying to just, yeah, figure out what it is. Yeah. All right. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, <clears throat> some people get there. Um, yeah. Some, I'll let some, you know. Some people, yeah. Next yeah, time I'm send on me a the text, show. Let me yeah, I'll, I'll, um, I'll let you know. Okay. So, then you went to LaGuardia. That's right. And then um, you went to college, yeah? That's right. I went to, I went to a school called California Institute of the Arts or CalArts, mm-hmm. um, which is in outside of LA in Valencia, California. And I went there for two years. Um, and then dropped out because I got a job in the city and I had, I had been working with an agent out of high school in this city, not LA in this city okay. in New York. Yes. I had been working with an agent out of high school. And so I would, when I would come back for breaks and whatnot, I would audition and see what was happening. And, and eventually after, yeah, I think the summer before junior year of college, I got a job here. And then didn't go back to college. What was the job? What'd you get? It was a play called Kill Floor at That's LCT3. Right. Yes. yes, directed by the wonderful Lila Neugebauer with uh, Marin Ireland and Danny McCarthy and Nick Ash and Natalie Gold and all these incredible, incredible actors. And I was like, I can't turn. I Again, that thing of just, I got to do this, don't I? You know, because mm-hmm. I feel like I'd regret it if I didn't, if I just went back to school. Do you think you ever will? Go back to school? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm about to be out of a job, so <laughs> we'll see. Um, maybe I'll go back to school, but I've been so fortunate to kind of learn, to be able to learn on the job and learn from incredible actors and directors and writers. Yeah. So I, we'll see. I've heard that from from a lot of people who who have either just not gone at all or, or have dropped out for whatever reasons. It, it It's... That school gives you certain opportunities that you may not have otherwise, but if you're lucky enough, you're one of the lucky few that has those opportunities given to you ahead of a graduation date that sometimes you have more of the opportunity of, you know, the on the job training. Yeah. 
Yeah, the training definitely. And I've, I've taken classes in the city and it's, it's always important for me to stay yeah, in training and in practice and stuff. But I think the thing that or I missed most or mourned most about not finishing school was just having the, the community that school gives you. Mm-hmm. And that I find that people, I mean, these lifelong friendships and these, Absolutely. these strong bonds that you need to make it through this business and through life in general. And that's what I mourn most. And it's something that this play has actually given me and the inheritance has given me. I've been working with these people for almost three years and it's in in a way like a college a, you know a mm-hmm. lifetime of a of a of a schooling process so um i yeah i've been able to develop my own community uh, yeah that that was i mean my my past foray into theater part of what attracted me so much to it is is a lot of what you just mentioned is it's instant family mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whether or not you you enjoy your family at home or not <laughs> like there are a lot of people that you know go into theater and aside from like the accolades that you know like getting applause on stage and and commanding people's emotions you know all that aside which is its own reward being able to bond like you you're you're going through a form of trauma i've said this before on this podcast it's the rehearsal process mm-hmm. and the learning lines mm-hmm. and the stress of of all this and i mean we'll get into the inheritance it's a two part <laughs> heavy heavy show yeah so i'm sure like lots it, of drama lots of drama <laughs> the, the, the the length in general i just i just imagine the length is traumatic everything else now you're Someone else is going to be complaining, like, oh, I have so many lines. You're like, dude, I didn't get here. You have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) True. But yeah, exactly what you're saying. That, Mm -hmm. that family, I, I totally, I feel you on that, that that's, it's one of the most powerful and beautiful things about what we do and everyone involved in, whether it's a podcast or just like these types of connections Mm -hmm. that you get are, are unique and really special. Yeah. Yeah, everybody everybody is attracted to theater because like they're looking for that connection. They're mm-hmm. looking for that emotion. And mm-hmm. I, I again I've said this before on the podcast too, but Tanya Tanya Pinkins told me that and I, I'm every time I re, I recall the story, I butcher it even more. But she said that theater allows you to empathize with other people and get practice get practice developing that center of your brain Mm -hmm. because uh that's not something you can read about it you can you can but you can't train to do it unless you're actually in the moment Mm -hmm. you've got these stories you know the stories of love and loss and happiness and everything and then your brain just is experiencing it without having to actually go through it which Mm -hmm. i think and i'm no expert i actually should talk to an expert about this is that because you're you're tricking your body into feeling this way that you know your character if you're if you're acting properly right like you're giving the same kind of physical response you were if you were actually in love or if you're actually scared if you're right. actually right whatever and so you're act, you're forming these real deep connections with your castmates yeah <laughs> because and and as an audience we're able to watch this and it's you know we're a voyeuristic society anyway but totally. oh god i'm i'm Oh, I'm going so far off the rails here. No, <laughs> no, no. I, I love it. And it's something I think about often, especially with this play that I've been working with some of these these people for, for two and a half years. Mm-hmm. So when you say, when I say I love you on stage, it's no longer, I mean, it's, I'm saying I love you, you know, it's no longer, 
um, words from a page. It's, yeah, it's wow. becoming very, very real and saying goodbye to the, and as we get ready to say goodbye to these people, it's going to be insane. And I think the funny thing is the one thing that's preparing us to say goodbye is the play itself. And, and, and that same way it's, it's allowing us to go through these emotions mm -hmm. together. Yeah. Well, the, the show, well, for those who haven't seen it, what's what's the best like elevator pitch you can give oh man it's you need a long <laughs> elevator ride but i like to describe it as a it's a group of young men um on stage and basically our our writer matthew lopez was inspired by uh em forster's novel howard's end and matthew has kind of reappropriated the story of howard's end um and he's told it in his own way through the lens of 21st century uh, young gay men in New York City. And so you, you experience the play as a group of young men telling this story that Matthew wrote over seven hours. Right. Right. So you're, you're experiencing, yeah, you're experiencing the whole thing in real time as That's if right. it were being told to you. Yes. That's right. Um, and that's how I like to pitch it. Other people pitch it differently. It does. It centers around Eric and Toby, this young couple who have just been recently engaged and kind of the, the spiral that their relationship takes and the way they are affecting uh, a younger generation that they come into contact with and also how they've been affected by an older generation that they've also come into contact with. Well, this is set in the 80s. Yeah. Or no. is it set present day? It's set present day. But it does have it kind of one of the main characters uh, who's called Walter, who's played by Paul Hilton, uh, was living in New York during the 80s, during the AIDS epidemic. Mm -hmm. And so that time, although we're never really in it, is very much present within uh, when it's taking place, which is like 2015 to 2017. Right. Yeah, there was a lot of throwbacks to the 80s. And that's I guess, right. And that's where... I, I, I walked out taking it more to be a story. Uh, well, there was one line in there that I, I don't remember exactly what it is, but it's like people don't tell gay history in schools. Mm, right. Right. American students are still taught nothing about queer history. Yes. Yes. I think I know almost every line. <laughs> by the way. And, and there's, but there's so much importance behind people learning that and, and because it's going to progress their society and and the the show the show to me what I took out of it as someone who identifies as as heterosexual mm -hmm. I took out of that that there's a whole world of history that I have been shielded from yeah, yeah. and it made me want to go learn more about it yes yes absolutely queer history is american history yeah and it should be taught as such um and I, I felt the same way as a young, I mean, I started working on this when I was 22 and like just grasping what, what happened during the epidemic mm -hmm. and to have a cast member like John Benjamin Hickey, who was living through that and to have him there and telling stories and, and then Matthew, our writer, the next generation after John's and just like the play playing out in real time uh, in the rehearsal room of and then me, the younger generation of learning about what happened because it has been shielded from so many mm -hmm. and people haven't been given the space to 
talk about the history and to feel the emotions that come with it. Right. Well, how do you identify sexually? I'm, I identify as heterosexual. Hetero? Yeah. yeah. So when I was going to say like uh, a few minutes ago, you said you're looking at your cast members, which are men, and you're telling them you love them. And that's for, for a straight guy. Mm-hmm. You know, that's very, sometimes very hard to say. Mm. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I think, yeah, straight men have, or men in general have, are, yeah, uh, not the best at feeling emotions, if you will, or have been guided right. against feeling emotions. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it's... Fuck that. It's... <laughs> yeah, fuck that. Yeah. It, it, gosh. Oh, this is all kind of coming back to <laughs> to Love is Blind on Netflix, which is one of mm. the best trashiest shows I'm watching at the moment. Um Someone was just telling me about that show. Oh, it's a train wreck I you can't seen look it away from. But it's these <laughs> these straight guys that for the first time you take away their stim- their outside stimulus, their phones, everything, and they're making these instant connections with these people, with these women, because, partially in my opinion, because they're just forced to talk. And there's no mm. one there, no one, you know, there's not their guy friends there edging them on, being like, oh, that's just being a sissy or that's, you know. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You know, and... Um, it, it's this this whole new world, like this generational flip we have to make. And I think yeah. it's like, it kind of starts with me. I'm 39. I think it's starting with me. And it's like, you're smack in the middle of it at 24. Mm-hmm. Like to you, telling a straight guy, oh, I love you. Like that doesn't seem weird. I don't feel like that seems weird to you now. No. no. To me at your age, that would be insane. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's... Yeah, that's wild to hear. And I hope that, I mean, everyone should be able to say I love you. And <laughs> right. also receive I love you from whoever. And wherever. I do. Yeah. I do now. Yeah, right. At this age now. Right. Yeah. And I hope it, the the work continues on and people can do that. Right. But yeah, no, not, not weird at all. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I mean, do you do you get that what, the feedback for, about the show? And and I want to get into like the differences between London and New York because mm-hmm. obviously the the run here is not as long as we would have hoped for, right? Um, but the the feedback, the positive feedback that you've gotten, like stage door, are are there are there anything? Is there anything that stands out to you as like, oh wow, I had no idea, or you know, things that are in your mind as as somebody coming up and, and being changed by what they saw? Absolutely. I think, I mean, one of the most powerful things is I was sent a letter or I was given a letter outside the stage door that I, I had no idea at the time, uh, the story behind what was being given to me. I just, mm-hmm. cause it was just an envelope, but it was a young woman from Japan who is queer and she saw the show in London 
and was inspired to to come out to her family and to love her girlfriend openly. And she had taken a pilgrimage to New York to go to the Stonewall Inn and to also see the show with her girlfriend. Wow. And it was just so, I mean, I remember reading it on the taxi ride home after a show. Just a yeah, deep reminder of that. The show is inspiring people. It's changing people. And people feel the love. They they feel the the need to be to be truthful, to, to feel their emotions truthfully, which hmm. is incredible. Yeah. I, I love all, all of the shows. I mean, there's a place, there's a place for your mean girls and Shrek the Absolutely. musical and there's a place Absolutely. for all that, but there, there's like the prom holds a special place in my heart Yeah, because it's this story of being truthful yeah. and like the inheritance again, it's, it's like exposing culture outside of the norm uh, and, uh, and unfortunately gay culture is not the norm right yet on a, right. on a mainstream scale it's it's you know new york city a little bit more so than other right. cities but um, right. there's still work to be done right right i i absolutely love the thing but going back to again the the difference between london it like this just mm. award after reward and and positive positivity in london mm-hmm. and then what so the difference between London and New York audiences, what do you think happened? Because uh, I guess to preface this, the show is closing on March 15th. That's right. So come. So yeah, there's only a, few, only a few weeks left at the time <laughs> this episode drops, um, which is an early closing, uh, shorter than we would have hoped for. So That's right. in London, it was great. When, when Olivier, same story here. What happened? What do you think? Uh, I don't know. I mean, fortunately, that's not my job, <laughs> I don't think. Um, so I don't know. The world will never know. Or um, I, I don't know. I think New York and America in general is just, you know, like the go big or go home. Or people, I think, love things even more intensely in New York. And they also hate things even more intensely. So I think the <laughs> yes. people that really, really loved it, really loved it with a, a passion and, and a vigor that wasn't felt mm-hmm. in London. And the people that maybe didn't like it also on that same note, really didn't like it. But uh, who knows? I like to think that the people who needed to see it saw it and the play will live on forever within those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. I think I, someone told me their theory was that because so much of the people with the disposable income now to see Broadway shows lived through the AIDS epidemic themselves, mm. that they don't want to go see a show about it. It's true. Yeah. Because it was, it was hard. Yeah, that's lost, very possible. Lost lots and lots of friends. Yeah. It's also, I mean, on that same note, or a diff, more financial note, is just that I think London theater is just a different, it's more ingrained in the culture there. And mm-hmm. I think it's something that's slowly starting to happen here, but you know, they got that guy called Shakespeare and stuff. And like, it's just like a part of who they are for since the beginning. And I think it's becoming more interwoven here, but there's still work to be done to make it more, more accessible, more attainable and more interwoven. Yeah. I mean, musicals have commercial success in the soundtrack that you can do and there's more marketing and there's just more budget, but yeah, plays plays not saying that musicals can't go deep and be great Mm. acting. Mm. Like you have to be a good actor to be good at a musical. That's right. That's right. Um, but I've seen, I've seen more boundaries pushed in straight plays. Yeah. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully that continues to happen. 
Oh, I hope so. I mean, I, of course it will. Absolutely. Our, our writer often talks about how he hopes this play uh, opens the door to many other seven-hour epics about other experiences. Right. And, yeah. Um, the character, like, this is a, a it's a two-show, what's, what, four acts, right? Six or, acts. Six acts, right. Because, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, six acts, two different shows. That's that, right. That all make the whole story. That's right. So, it's a two-part show, sorry. And you play two different characters. So, the right. first part, you're Adam, a rich actor on the rise in New York City. And then in the second part, you're Leo, a young and desperate sex worker. So, it's kind of like... That's right. Opposite sides of the same coin. That's right. Right. So did, did, are, are you, I guess, talk to me about the two characters and are in your mind, is it completely two separate characters in the same story or is it the same character? One, one's positive and then one's down on our luck, right? Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I play Adam and Leo. Um, and I love both of them very much. And I think they're two, they're definitely two different people, but it's the thing that the challenge of, I'm not two different people. I'm just one person. So ultimately they will share certain things. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's been the, I mean, a challenge, so challenging, but also so rewarding to get to kind of figure out how to, yeah, be two different people. And it's, it, it gives you a lot because I think everyone has multiple sides to them. Um, and it's kind of given me permission to be okay with the, the, the duality of, of being alive and everything's not just one way or you can't, you, you can be multiple things. Yeah. 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 There, I mean, everybody, someone asked me the other day, they said, how many, how many sides do you have? Hmm. Or infinite. It wasn't sides. No, it wasn't sides. It was it was like modes of personality or something. Yeah, infinite. So, I mean, right? What yeah, did you, you say? Got, I think. Well, they brought it up because they were like somebody I was talking to said that you have five, and I said, oh, there's way more than five because there's like there's podcast Alan, there's right. business Alan, right. there's party Alan, which doesn't really exist anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's there's different facets of who you, of who makes up your your personality. So to be able to tap into each one of those and kind of make them caricatures on, on stage. So you've got yeah, rich actor, affluent guy, and then young, desperate, do anything because you have to survive guy. Right. But you're still like, I guess internally you're still, you're still Sam. Right. Presenting. Yeah. I don't know what I'm getting at here, but you see what I'm it's saying? It's a crazy, yeah. it's a, it's a head trip. It's a total head trip. Um, it's a total head trip to have two people kind of like living within you Yeah. at the same time. Um, but I love it and I love both of them so much. Uh, yeah, I love Adam's confidence and his, his kind of, uh, his manipulative attitude sometimes and his, 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 yeah, his charm. And I love Leo's heart and his kindness. Yeah, like Adam just does whatever he wants. That's right. Including, <laughs> well, he just drop, drops trowel. That's right. Drops towel. Towel? Yeah. Towel. Yeah. yeah, drops towel. That's right. And he's like, What's was, that? Was, yeah. that, was that weird for you? Like That was super weird. Total nude on stage. Super, super weird. 
I really? remember, yeah. Oh, yeah. The first time. I mean, it, it was insane. I went through, I think, the entire rehearsal process, not, you know, not doing it. We get to that scene, I do it in my underwear or something. And then, I mean, but then I think the final dress, I went for it. Very weird. Very, very weird. But ultimately liberating. And yeah, you know, it's the character. Right. You know, so I, I, I feel some protection in that. Yeah, I, I have never had the fortune, we'll call it, of uh, opportunity of being totally new. Like, for me, I remember the first time, first time I had to kiss somebody else on stage, and I, I was young, and my parents came, uh-huh. and that was weird. Yeah, so you can only imagine. <laughs> Hi, right. Mom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, I guess if it's, it's, it's weird... I guess, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> when you don't know the people, I think it's easier. Definitely. Right. Definitely. And there is that space of, you know, when the lights go down, it's, mm-hmm. it doesn't, it's a sea of strangers. It's just, right. yeah, blank I, faces. I, 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 is there any sort of uh, uh, empowerment you get from being like, I have the confidence to do this. And most of these people would never do this. Um, again, I feel like it's, it's the character that has the confidence. So I, I don't know. Maybe uh, ask me again, you know, when this all ends, <laughs> I don't know. There's going to be a lot of unpacking of what this show. Yeah. Has given me, if you will. Um, after we finish over the next, yeah, I mean, forever. There's there's so much to unpack. Well, how's how has it grown? How how have you grown from it? Because twenty one to twenty four, those are very impressionable years. Absolutely, and so it's insane to get to kind of grow up with these characters and with these people and with this play, with this story. I, I mean, I, I yeah, I'm at a loss for words, and I think it's something that I really do. Need to. We've talked about Andrew, Andrew Burnap, and Kyle Solar, who play Toby and uh, Eric, and we share a dressing room, and we've shared a dressing room since the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, we were offered many times when we transferred to the West End and to Broadway to have our own dressing rooms, but we all got on the phone and we're like, You're, "We're not doing that, right?" Yeah, and everyone <laughs> unanimously, unanimously. Is that the word? Yes. Yeah. We've all stuck in the same room. Uh, we were saying how we kind of like need to. After the show closes, like, should we go to a group therapy session and kind of like debrief about what this thing is? It's, it's going to be insane. Wow. Um, but I've grown. Yeah, I'll, I'll again, I'll let you know. I feel like it's something I won't really realize until later down the line. Yeah, I think when you're old, yeah, when you when you get past it, move into your next. When I'm old and 27. Yeah, when you can yeah. finally rent a car <laughs> on your own and hit 25. Yeah, first uh, I have to get a driver's license. But oh. Yeah, I'm a New York baby. Oh, gosh, that worries me about my kids. Right. <laughs> Swimming, riding a bike, and driving a car. Yeah, got to know. It's hard, hard to do in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's interesting that you guys talked about like group therapy because it seems to me that the show itself – is a form of therapy. Yes, very much so. Um, yeah, there's a lot of catharsis, a lot of um, exploring of emotions, a lot of letting go, which 
it feels really good. But even even but in and of itself, the show has caused so many other things and emotions and and letting go of it will be extremely intense. So we we talked about yeah maybe doing that. And I think it's a good idea. I think so too. I think. Ending any show is traumatic. Ending anything, any letting something die, letting something go is very hard and, and something that every human deals with. Um, but especially this one, because we've worked on it for so long, because the emotions are so intertwined with who we are as people, because we've spent more time over the past two and a half years as those characters mm-hmm. than we have as ourselves. It's going to be extremely intense. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, do do therapy. I recommend therapy just in general. Yes. But, so on to a lighter note, you're in uh, what we are calling the untitled Lila Nugabauer movie, <laughs> opposite Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, that's right. Uh, some incredible Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Brian Tree Henry, Samira Wiley, Jane Howdyshell, who's another great theater actor, Linda Emond. Um, some incredible, incredible actors. It, and. Are you are you looking to see yourself? Are you do you see yourself more in like the TV film thing later on down the line, or or because everyone's like you do theater because you love it, you do TV because you got bills to pay, <laughs> right, right, right. Um, yeah, there is uh, people say that for a reason for sure. Um, I definitely want to make movies. Uh, movies have like theater have impacted my life deeply, 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 um, and I want a chance to do that for other people. Um, but I also just want to follow the, you know, after working on the inheritance and a, a play like this with mm-hmm. directed by Stephen Daldry and written by this amazing man, Matthew Lopez, you like, it's going to be hard to, to work on things that I don't feel uh, deeply connected to. So that's, <laughs> that's really what I want to do. No matter what the medium, just find things that I connect to. And hopefully I have the opportunity to do that. It is, um, I guess Lila Ningabauer, you worked with her previously. So that's, that's right. Yeah, you got connected with, that's how you get connected with this one. But that's right. Working, or when's the movie supposed to come out? Do you know yet? I have no idea. But it was crazy, man. I mean, I, I'm I'm down there as we shot in New Orleans. And yeah, all of a sudden I'm at dinner with Jennifer Lawrence and, and these incredible actors. And I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, so I definitely want more opportunities to do that because it was also, while yes, there was that kind of like starstruck feeling, there was also the feeling of, oh, I, yeah, I can do this. Any, mm-hmm. Anyone can do this. There's, there's, you know, there's not some like secret passageway that you have to go into to, to do it. It's just, you, you just do it. And it's again, like, yeah, working with Lila, I worked with her five years ago. She gave me my first job. So then it's the same thing. It's still just doing the work. And it was like, oh, yeah, I can do the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds like, it sounds like a lot of fun. W- yeah. were, you, were you filming, so filming's wrapped already? That's right. So were you filming while you were doing The Inheritance? Um, there was like one week of overlap with rehearsal. Oh, so it was before Inheritance opened then. That's right. So I was, I was like, in the summer. I don't know how you could oh do my gosh, a no. two-part play a two-part six-act play i'm not a real person i mean (laughs) even just yeah the days off we have two days off which is unheard of in the theater community but i mean i'm just dead dead to the world really and just go home and crawl into a shell and sleep absolutely cool yeah 
All right. Well, we'll wrap this up with the okay. three standard closing questions that okay. I ask everybody on the podcast. The first one, what motivates you? Mm. Um, people. People motivate me. To impress them or inspired by them? Uh, I think in, in regards to this play, it's just when, when I'm not feeling it that day or if I'm feeling tired, I look to my fellow castmates and I see that they've showed up. So I can show up too. And in that same regard, when they're not feeling good, then it's on me to kind of like raise the bar and we kind of lean on each other that way. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So the second question is, what advice would you give to your younger self and younger people listening now starting out down a similar path? Hmm. I would say to my younger self, I love you and keep on going. I love you. That's, mm -hmm. That is nice. Very simple, but speaks volumes. Okay. Yes. Last question. If you could only see one show for the rest of your life, but you can see it as many times as you want, what would you see? Oh, man. Um, this is a play. Anything. 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 I would see the Botsheva Dance Company dance. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, theater goers. All right. I would go with the dance. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And we can find you on Instagram. At That's right. Sam H. Levine. You're not on Twitter? No, not yet. Yeah. Should I? I, sh I got to do uh, the TikTok and the Twitter and the... I'll do it. I'll do it one day. All right. And you, yeah. can, <laughs> you can find more of me and other past episodes online at thetheaterpodcast.com. Support. Help me continue the transcriptions for all of those who need it at thetheaterpodcast.com slash Patreon. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at theater underscore podcast on Facebook on facebook.com slash official theater podcast. So many socials. Please leave a rating, leave a review. I love to read those. And then thank you to Jukebox the Ghost for the intro and outro music and Samuel H. Levine. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for being thank here. You. This really? has been fun. Thank you. Take a deep breath, make the world a little colorful. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.